Like, we're Penguins fans second and Dylan Larkin fans first. Welcome back, everybody, to Where's My Stick? My name's Danielle. I'm Kelsey. I'm Christy. And we are back after a little hiatus. Um, yeah, I think we just needed a little time. <laughs> we just needed a little, <laughs> little cleansing time to just... Take a step back from hockey, but we're back and we are going to discuss any recent news that we feel is important to talk about pretty much. Because, like, stuff has been happening, but is it worthwhile to talk about? I don't know. So, we're going to start off with the Truba signing, which, in my notes, I just have next to it, gross. But, let me... The Rangers okay. are currently over the cap. Yeah. Okay, so Jacob Truba signed on July 19th. He signed a seven-year, $56 million contract, and that's a cap hit of $8 million for each seven years. Um, but I know the breakdown is a little different, so let's see. Um, before we look at the breakdown, Truba is a Pisces. Wow, okay. Oh. <laughs> um, he's 25. <laughs> um, he was drafted ninth overall. And the cap hit, so next year he's making $12 million. That's eight, that's eight, like, regular, and then four as, like, oh, no, that's four a base salary and then eight as signing bonuses. And then he's making $8 million in signing bonuses next year, and then $2 million base salary, and then... Six million in signing bonuses the year after that, and a two million dollar base salary. Um, so next year he doesn't have um, any like trade stuff on his clock, like on his contract. But the year after 2020, 2021, um, he has a no movement clause for four years, and then in 24, 25, and 25, 26, he has a modified no trade clause. Ladies, what do we think of that contract for the Rangers? Oh, for the Rangers? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, first I was gonna, I was just thinking of like about how Winnipeg never could have or probably would have been able to sign him to that contract, and um, and especially like. Especially, like, um, currently where he's at, I don't think he's, like, a $8 million player. So I think, like, a lot of this contract is banking on him becoming, like, taking those next steps and becoming an $8 million player and being their number one defenseman, which, while Buck was there, he was never going to be. While Buck was there, he while Buff was in Winnipeg, he never was going to be their, like, true number one, even if he's, like, younger. Yeah. So, okay, so just, like, taking this contract and thinking about the Rangers, because he is on the Rangers now. <laughs> like, we'll talk about Winnipeg <laughs> a little bit later. <laughs> um, I think it's fine for the Rangers if he becomes what... He, what they think he will. 
But if he's, like, bad next season, then they're kind of stuck. I mean, they can still trade him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it's, like, a truly, truly bad contract. And especially, like, the later years, if he's, like, truly, like, ridiculous and terrible, they have three years of giving him a ridiculous amount of money, and then he's, like, making $6 million a year, and then that's pretty tradable if he's, like, mm-hmm. middle of the pack defenseman yeah I'm fine with the contract as a contract but it's just what why is everyone going to new the Rangers <laughs> I don't know because New York I guess yeah. is the best city in the world I guess yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean if you love rats oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean but like he's rich so he's he's probably never gonna see one he's not gonna take the subway that's true. Like, He'll never see a rat. Yeah. Oh, but they, don't they do that fun, like, taking the subway to go practice in Central Park once a year? They do do that sometimes, but, like, <laughs> going uptown, they probably still see rats, but I don't know. It's also part of the charm of New York City, because they're, they're never, like, on the platform. They're on the track. So you, oh, no. I've seen a couple on the they, platform. I mean, I've seen a couple on the platform, too, but... I've also been here for longer. Like, if yeah. they're taking this train once a year, the probability that they're going to see one on the platform <laughs> is pretty low. Back to the topic I can't. I agree with you, Kelsey. I think the contract is actually really good. Um, it's extremely, like, team-friendly after the three years. Um, but, like, I mean, and there's always going to be a GM that trades for, like, a name, because like we said, Jacob Truba, ninth overall pick, a defenseman, like, they're gonna, they're always gonna, someone always will want someone like that, but I just personally, I maybe because I haven't seen Truba in that starting, like, a top defenseman, like, a top pairing defenseman, or a number one defenseman, but I just think that's a lot to pay your number one defenseman that you're just like hoping will become a number one defenseman and I guess with like all the younger kids like that's all you can do is hope but I mean Trooper's like 25 so like he's not that young does that make sense so like that kind of makes gives me a little like that makes me a little nervous but again you know they this like if Trooper works out that's amazing like that's a really good deal that's a really good He's like a cornerstone of their defense that they're start trying to build around. So, I also wonder, like, he, I think he made it pretty clear that he wanted to come to New York and he wanted to stay. So, I wonder why they didn't use that leverage in order to get him cheaper if he wanted to go there. But then Trevor also looks like he's about his money. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like... (laughs) Truba, like, when has he ever given anyone, like, any, G- like, any management, like, a little bit of wiggle room? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he seems the type of person, like, yeah, he wanted to be there, but, you know, there's also three other teams that are in the New York area. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, or no, two other teams. Um, But I just feel like he's definitely, like, gonna get what he thinks he deserves. And good for him. Like, I have no, I, I, I say do that because hockey, to me, is a sport that, the the stars don't get paid what they're worth. And so, um, you know, just the wear and tear on the, his body and stuff like that, like, 
I can only imagine. So good for him. Um, Would you say he's a star? Um, I don't, I don't think that he's a star, but that, that to me is like, because he was on Winnipeg where it's like, he just like, there's just so many other good people you could talk about on Winnipeg that like Truba, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a star, but he was on team North America. Yes, he was. So he, he has 50 points last season. Huh? Truba did get 50 points last season. And see, that's the, but, and he, and he, well, see, that kind of makes me a little bit nervous because, like, I guess it's different to say for a defenseman, but, like, 50 points, like, I kind of would expect him to get, like, 65. And I know that's, like, you're going up towards elite territory, and I get that. But, I mean, Buff was out most of the year. So, like, who was on that top power play? And so, I think the Jets' power play is, like, good. Like, they'll always... You can always be able to get some points on the power play. And I, I think that's where he kind of struggled last, yeah. last season on the power play. Because him and Buff play very, very differently. And, like, Buff and Blake are so used to playing with each other on the power play. So they kind of just, like, anticipate what the other person does. Whereas um, with Truba, it took some adjusting for him. Um, and last season was the first time he played, like, all 82 games. Yeah. Um, and he did get, like, a bump in points and stuff. But, I don't know. I think Truba's really good. So he should be yeah. fine in New York. But New York did that five forward power play because they didn't have any defensemen. <laughs> and now they have one. So hopefully, like, he'll, like, find his spot on the yeah. New York power play. And that's fair. And you, I mean, you've watched, you watched Chuba more than I have watched Chuba. So, like, I trust you when you say that. he, You think he, he'll be fine in that. It's just that, to be honest, I, I haven't seen him. Like, I don't watch him every night. So I don't. To me, like, I don't see... I would expect more from him. And then, to be honest, when I watch Winnipeg, Winnipeg I don't watch him. Right. You know, like, I'm... Yeah, like No, but, like... You're yeah, for. like, I'm, like, watching Blake. I'm watching Shifley. I'm watching Line A. Like, there's other play- people. And then, like, I don't know, but Kyle Connor was really good. <laughs> like, he's just so speedy <laughs> that you just yeah. find him. So, yeah. Right. And it's, like, always hard. I don't know. I'm not, like... I don't focus on defense that much. Unless, like, I'm looking for something. Does that um, make sense? Yeah, but I do think it'll take him, like, a little bit. Oh my God. I think it'll take him, like, some time to adjust because he has been gunning for, like, number one defenseman time in Winnipeg, and he hasn't gotten it. And I think in New York they're going to put him, like, on the first unit immediate, like, almost immediately. Oh. Like, if that's what he's been, like, gunning for and that's what they're paying him to do. So I think it'll take him a little bit of time to adjust. Um, and then after that, I think he'll be fine. And if he's not that good on the power play, that's what Shine Kirk's getting paid for because he can't do anything else. Um, okay. Hey, come on. I mean, but, um, yeah. I don't know. New York should be really interesting. That's one team to, like, look out for, like, see what other moves they make. Anything else on uh, the Truba signing? Okay. Oh. Oh, just kidding. Conver- conversely, the person that they traded Truba for, Neil Pionk, 
they signed the Winnipeg signed him for three million dollars, oh. which is two more million dollars than that than I thought he should have and was gonna get. So what the heck? Like, he's not. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> well, I promise we'll talk about Winnipeg. I promise. <laughs> I, I promise. Have we'll talk about I have questions, and I'm concerned. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of concern, um, so the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers made a trade, um, which I thought they were rivals, right? Is Edmonton's in Alberta? Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> the Flames acquired Milan Lucic um, and a 2020 conditional third-round pick for James Neal. And so um, the Oilers retained 12.5% of Milan's contract. Um, and then the condition on the pick is if the pick is transferred, oh, the pick is transferred if James Neal scores 21 goals and Milan Lucic scores 10 or fewer goals than Neal. <laughs> well, <laughs> that actually is pretty shady. Um, that's so funny. So, James Neal, um, last year, played 63 games in, with Calgary. He scored seven goals, had 12 point, uh, assists for 19 points. And he was he didn't score anything in the playoffs. Oh. That's so funny. And then Milan Lucic, he played... He played 79 games. goals between them. Well, he, yeah, because he played 79 games, and he had six goals and 14 assists for 20 points. Wow, Lucic had more than Neal. <laughs> That's okay. so funny. Like, what gives him the right to then comment on every single one of Phil Kessel's, like, Insta posts? Like, who are you? James Neal? Yeah. Yeah, he's a dick. I think he's bitter because wasn't he Gino's line mate when he was in Pittsburgh? And yeah. Then, like, and then well, was... well, Gino, like, made Neal. He did. Yeah. <laughs> he got him all that money. So Neal should be really saying thank you to Gino and just keep like, quiet. Like, he's been on, like, six teams so far. Yeah. Yeah, he has. And, um... <laughs> and Sorry. Nashville didn't even want him. Oh my God! Wait. So where did where did Neil come? Where was Neil before Pittsburgh? I think he was on the Stars. Da- yeah, Dallas, Pittsburgh, um, Nashville, Nashville, Vegas, Vegas Calgary, Edmonton. <laughs> but I mean, Kelsey, what did you think of this trade? I mean, I didn't. I didn't really care. Those are two teams I don't care about. I do think it's. I don't think Luke. I don't think either of them were worth. I mean, yeah. I thought it was an even trade because both of them are just like there. Yeah. Um But, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I'm. I think the. I'm like surprised that they traded with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. You don't expect that. I, I don't, like, because I can't see the Flyers and the Penguins trading with each other. Like, ever. Remember when I just they, can't. like, 
had Tampa be in the scene yeah. so that they could like, <laughs> well, trade with each other, but not. No, because like the Flyers were like, I think what it was is that the Pens were like, oh, what about Mark Strait? And the Flyers were like, no. And then Tampa was like, what about Mark Strait? And they were like, okay. And then Tampa was like, all right. And then the Penguins were like, hey. And Tampa was like, done. <laughs> <laughs> Tampa's sneaky. Tampa's a good friend. Is what I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I, I wouldn't say, I would I wouldn't say, say Tampa's. That. I support Tampa's. Tampa. I think Tampa's, um, they're liars. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> You're so... <laughs> oh, my God. Kelsey, like, you support liars? Yeah. She supports the Penguins, so... Well, okay, all right, all right. That actually makes a lot more sense in that context. <laughs> That's so funny. But, oh, oh, but wait, real quick, Mark Shrey was, like, very sweet. He, yeah. like, Sully, like, never played up. him. He never played mm-hmm. him, and it was like, we have no defensemen. Like, I don't think that playing Mark Strait would hurt that much. Right. Especially on the power play. He was just so old and, like, so fun. Yeah, he was. He stopped playing after that. And he went to, like, the Canadians for a little bit, and I was just oh, like, that's you know right, what? That's I'm right. good. In my head, I was just like, yeah, he didn't play. He was like, I'm still here. I'm he like, wow. After that. <laughs> I was like, sometimes I still hear his voice. He's like, because I'm right here. <laughs> All right, moving on to, oh, Jonathan Taze was on some, like, radio, ESPN radio show, and he was asked about the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, and so I'm going to read his quote to you guys, and I want to know what you guys think. Will you do it in his voice? Um... (laughs) No, you don't. I was going to say, like, wait, what's his voice? Take a shot of kale before you start. Finishing up cooking with Jonathan Taze. (laughs) <laughs> all right I, I don't even know what his voice sounds like it's just like deep and boring but yeah. like also like comforting at the same way at the same time i don't know okay so he says or he said there was no part of me that was happy let's make that clear to me them tanking at the start of the year was a huge underachievement i'm not ready to give them as much credit as everyone else was I, I read that weird, but yeah. Yeah, I thought there was going to be more. I know. I thought there was going to be more, too. And then I was like, oh, that's where it ends. <laughs> I, I can see him not being happy because they're, like, really big rivals. Yeah. I don't know if I would say that they tanked at the start of the year. I think they were just really bad at the start of the year. Well, like, they were... everything about them was fine except for goaltending and then their coach was terrible so i when he says tanking i'm assuming that just means them like not being in the like them being at the bottom of the of the league i don't think they were like actively tanking yeah yeah so i don't know if i would saying tanking just makes it seem like they were like actively being bad and even if like i I think they were truly, truly that bad. And them <laughs> being able to, like, go from being, like, the bottom of the league to actually winning, I think that's, I don't know, he kind of low-key sounds like a hater. But I love Jonathan Taves, so I think maybe it was misconstrued and he didn't mean it that way. But, um, I don't know, I think it says something to be a team that was, like, not in the playoff race at all and then to win it in the end. So I don't know if I agree. 
with him. Yeah, I um, I'm surprised that he said it because he always seems like so mild mannered and like doesn't mm-hmm. really make statements like this. Maybe he does. I don't follow him that closely, but um, I don't really think that it matters in the end. They won the Stanley Cup and. You don't have to be happy for them, but I don't think it's fair to be like they didn't deserve it because they were so bad at the beginning of the year. Like Christy said, I think that um, there's something to be said for that resiliency to come back and like rally together and win. So I think this is kind of fitting. I actually loved his comments and I completely agree with him. (laughs) (laughs) Only for the fact that like, listen. I wasn't happy that the Blues won as well. And I think that, like, at the beginning of last season, everyone thought the Blues were going to do really well because the moves that they made, the people that they've acquired, everything on, like, they were stacked. They had a good, they had a good top nine um, of forwards. They had a good defense. Like, their goaltending was the only thing that was, like, kind of shaky. But, you know, with that good of, forwards and defensemen in like for the 82 game season that you could still get by with that so the fact that they were underperforming where we all believe they should be I think that was like there was no like that's bad you shouldn't just be um you shouldn't just be not shouldn't just be I'm sorry (laughs) um what was I saying yeah I I, I do think that them I think them being at the bottom of the league was an underachievement because they are a good team. They had the pieces, and you can see that by the fact that how quickly they turned it around once they got good goaltending. Um, or not even good goaltending. I'm sorry, league average goaltending. I, I don't think that – there were some games where, like, Bennington, like, really, like, kept them in and, and maybe uh, stole a game for them. But overall, like, you know, they you could see that they finally had confidence in their goaltending, so they had confidence in themselves and were able to perform to their their – like their peak, like how they should be performing. So um, I'm not surprised that they won the Stanley Cup. Like they were a good team. We all said that we thought they would be really good. We all like in the beginning of the season. So I agree with him. And um, and I mean, given as much credit, like I mean, that may sound bitter, but like every time you turned on the Stanley Cup, like throughout the whole playoffs, like what you would hear was like, this team was last in the league come January. Like, okay, like, we get that, but they still were a good team. Like, they still had the right pieces. And so, I just don't... It's not as surprising that they would win the Stanley Cup. And I think maybe I agree with him a little bit more because I went in and I listened to that um, thing. I listened to it, and, like, he kind of expanded on it. And he was saying, like, how... um, He was saying how, like, if you were watching... The, like, when you watch them, you could really see that this was their... Like, every... um every series it was kind of like them dictating the pace like they slowed it down and were able to play a good defensive game like throughout the whole um stanley cup run so i don't know okay i agree with them so i okay so i think i'm just looking at it differently than you are Mm because the way you're saying it like you don't think it was an achievement for them to go from worst to first because they were still a good team Okay, I was just thinking of it like I don't think it was an achievement for them to win the Stanley Cup just in general. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So, I don't know. Okay, and that's fair. I don't think that that's what he said. Like, I I didn't take it that way, but, I mean, if 
if he is singing that, like, come on, Johnny. <laughs> like, that's a little <laughs> fucked up. But, I mean, I still love the pettiness. I still oh, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I, I still think that, like, I don't know. I just still think that even though, like, they had, like, good players on the team, there's no guarantee that players are going to click. So them stumbling out of the gate just because they didn't, um, just because the sum of their parts wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be doesn't mean that like it's I don't know I don't think it means that it was like an underachievement or whatever because every team has their adversities like every team that's gone to the cup final and has eventually won has it's like I don't know like in the year adversities or whatever Mm -hmm. um yeah, like, so, I, don't, I don't know. I think that definitely, I mean, I think the, for me and you and, and I think, I mean, obviously we all have a different, a different um, definition or what we think is an underachievement because for me personally, like, with the Flyers last season, we were all thinking they would get into the playoffs. And the fact that they didn't is an underachievement. Like, you didn't achieve what you were supposed to achieve, which was just getting into the playoffs. Now, like, to me, like, I'll use Tampa, who was insane all season. And the fact that they got, that, that's an underachievement. Like, no, I mean, and like, and like okay, we can use the Penguins, but that's exactly, the Penguins didn't, they weren't so dominantly good. So, okay, but like, with the, the Penguins, on like, we know that because we, like, pay attention to the Penguins. But, like, on the outside, people are always just like, oh, yeah, like, the Penguins, they'll be fine. So them, like, getting swept in the first round is, like, a... Like a underachievement it, for that. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm and, and I but that's what I'm saying. Like our definition of underachievement or what we think underachievement underachieving is is different. And to me, like I said, the Flyers not getting to the playoffs underachievement. The Tampa not like winning the cup to me was an underachievement. The Blues like tank like not tanking but like being bottom of the league after being so good. Like we all believing they would be so good was an underachievement. And, gr- and granted, like I said, this is all, everyone's opinion of this is different. For me, personally, I, the way I'm looking at his, his quote or his comments, I think that I agree with him. It was an underachievement. And I think that, honestly, if you go back and ask any of the Blues players, like, I think they would be like, yeah, that team that we were down there was not us. Like, this is the team that we are, and this is the team we want to be. And anything less is underachieving. Now... I'm not going to ask the Blues their their opinion. I don't know if they would say that, but I would think they would. So, I mean, uh. I think they would. But, like, I give them credit for – because, like, when you're on a team and you're, like, being really, really shitty, that mindset can kind of, like, sink in and, like, kind of – Yeah, absolutely. Ma- matriculate into, like, different aspects. And, like, they could have stayed there and, like, they could have gotten to, like – kind of a playoff hunt but not really um but so I think that like being at the bottom of the league and then making it to the playoffs and then like you know actually playing their game and dictating the pace is an achievement like I don't, I don't think that I don't think like, that he was trying to that, because not a lot of teams can do that yeah and and I don't think that I don't think he was discrediting them I don't think he was discrediting them winning I think he was commenting on them, like the, how that where they were when they were not the team that they could be, and we saw that what they could be by 
seeing them at the second half of the year or the season and in the playoffs. Like, they were a very dominant team. And so them not playing up to their ability to him was underachieving. I don't think any, I don't think he's discrediting them. And I think, but to me, because I agree with him, I don't, I guess I'm not, I'm not thinking that me saying this is discrediting the Blues. Because at the end of the day, for me anyway, like the way I think is that for any, at the end of the day, he said this and the Blues are what? The, who who of the Blues really cares? Like they, they won. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you saying like, oh, or Tave saying like, oh, like them being bad in the beginning of the season, like that was an underachievement. I think that they would, I, I personally think they would agree because they're like, yeah, we weren't as good as we could have been. And yeah, I, I don't think that him saying they underachieved in the beginning of the season was him discrediting the fact that they won the Stanley Cup. I don't think that he, like, I, I, just because he's like, I'm not ready to give them as much credit as, as everyone else, I don't think that means he's not giving them any credit. Because he, out of, like, most people or most players, knows what it takes to win a cup and knows what it takes when you don't win a cup. Like, he knows, like, what it's like to be a really good team, a really dominant team, and to be a really shitty team. Like, he knows because the Hawks have not been in the playoffs for like two years so while the penguins did get swept they still were in the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) like in conclusion teams are good and teams are bad and the penguins are on the top of the bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, a little bit i mean adding tana for that long probably got them pushed them down a little bit so Mm. hey hey but we still appreciate it Tana? Um, the Penguins. Oh. I think that, I think like um Penguins fans are actually gonna really really like Tana, but for that long yeah, because they're like... monster. Do we want to move on from the taste comments or no? To another Blackhawk. Speaking of the Blackhawks, that hurt. Okay. Um. <laughs> so yeah, this happened a long time ago, but it still freaking hurts. Alex Lelander was traded from Buffalo to the Hawks for, um, I don't know, some, like, defenseman. Like, I, I'm, like, really upset about this. Still, like, what? That's rude. I was going to say Juju Caro, but his name is Yokoharu. Oh, God. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, oh, God. If you, if Lelander was traded to the Oilers... For Juju, <laughs> I would love that trade for Buffalo, but hate that trade for me. The Nylander on McDavid's wing, I would like that for him. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be. He's probably on the bottom four. The bottom. They line, like or the fourth line. Seidel, you have to have your own line, Nylander. They'll never make him carry his own line because one, he can't. Oh. Oh. Bop a trade for like prospects basically well apparently yeah. um yoki haru he was he's a good defenseman okay. so like that's yeah. good for buffalo no everyone so i recently just started listening to hockey podcasts because like when i tell you i took a break i needed to take a break um so they were saying like this is a this is a really really good trade for buffalo i mean definitely to sure up their defense their defensive prospects and their defense in general. Um, and they said that he could, I mean, like at his, 
ceiling, he could be like a top pairing defenseman. Um, obviously not a number one with Darlene there, but like a really good defenseman that he could play with Darlene in the future. Um, ideally, they people think that you know the way Buffalo is, he might be like a third pairing just because he is so new. Or, but yeah, people really like this trade for Buffalo. Um, now for the Blackhawks, a lot of people are just like confused what they're doing um, because he was one of their top defensive prospects. And I believe in the draft they picked a forward, not um, Byron is the defenseman that was like the highly touted defenseman in the in the um, draft, and they didn't pick him. Um, they took a forward, so people were really confused why they would trade their best defensive prospect. But I know that um, let's look the Blackhawks actually. They traded for a like their defense. Let's see what their defense is. So they have. Oh, God, they obviously still have Seabrook, who is, like, that's rough. They, they still have five years left on Seabrook's contract. He's 34. <laughs> Duncan Keith is 36. Really? But anyway, yeah, they got Calvin DeHaan. Um, wasn't Calvin DeHaan in um, Carolina? Carolina? Yeah. That's the same one? Okay. I know there's another DeHaan, and I always get them confused, um, but they have Calvin DeHaan, Olimata. Okay. Hey. No, we all know you didn't have to say it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I'm just stuck, like looking at their defense. Like no, I, I think this is why they traded him. Did you guys see? I mean, Oleo? listen, like he looked really. He's nice. looking okay. So we'll talk. Yeah, the um, what are they called? The Blackhawks are having their like uh, their the like fan, fan convention. Yeah, fan convention. How come other teams don't do that? Um, uh, I think other teams are stupid. I don't know. Well, the Penguins kind of have, like, sometimes they had it. Didn't they have something, Kelsey? I don't think so. Not like that. Not last year, but they, they had somewhere where, like, the fans, they could meet the, the players and stuff. And, like, it was a while ago because I remember Flower did the split because someone was like, oh. can you do a split? Oh. And then Flower was like, oh, like do, this? Like, um, appearances at, like, Dick's Sporting Goods and stuff, but yeah, it's not, like, team organized. Well, I mean, it is team organized. There was one, I swear, there was one that, um, there was one that, uh, he could do. Oh, maybe. But there was, I swear there was, like, a convention, and Flower was still here, because he did the split, and Sid was, like, smiling and giggling into the little microphone, um, and then Gino did something, but it was, like, a couple years ago, so I don't know if other people do that. The Flyers do... Um, do you know did something for like the World Cup of Hockey? Maybe that's what you're talking about. But I don't no, know so it was for it was just for it was just the Penguins. I do know that they do stuff at Dick's Sporting Goods because one I remember when Flower was saying goodbye and he did something at Dick's Sporting Goods. I thought about driving up then. <laughs> Gino did one last year. Um, he did him and Gonch, and I thought about driving up for that. And I was like, this is the only time I didn't even think Gino did stuff like that anymore. Oh, can we mention that Buffalo is dead to me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. How could... Like... Well, I feel like you're so excited to, like, say that to me. I am. <laughs> because you'd be like, oh my gosh, look what Jack did. Oh my gosh, Jeff Skinner. And I'd always be like, okay, but they don't treat Alex Newlander right. And you'd be like... Yeah, and I would say... And I'm like... And I would say... I would agree with you. I've always agreed with you with yeah, that. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah... But look at Darlene, he's so sweet. 
Wait, but okay, that lead is sweet, though. Yeah, but, like, why couldn't they treat Alex Nylander with the same respect? I think it was Jason Botterill who was a Penguins uh, G, uh, front office guy. It's his sign. Oh, I'm going to look. <laughs> I'm not looking. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, okay, so to just talk, like, to just put a, cat, a bow on it. So, yeah, Buffalo traded... He seems to be thriving in um, He's made friends. Chicago. He's like making friends, which like I always felt like he could. Like he was always making friends with people. Um, how would I know? But like it seems like it. Yeah, like Pisces are very like people like them. Is um is William a Pisces as well? Because he always has friends. People love him. He's William is a menace. He's I think. He's, like, either a Taurus or a Gemini. I forget. I know his birthday is, like, early May. Because I'm crazy. Like, you remember? Yeah. I think it's, like, but it's something that I've looked up enough. May 1st. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a Taurus. Okay. Which, I don't know if that... Yeah. I feel like he makes more sense as a Gemini. But... That's what I was thinking, too. But... <laughs> Not up to us, I guess. Yeah, we don't make the decision. I mean, we should. So, moving on. Oh, Christy, this is, you'll love this. So, we're moving on, and I'm going to start off with a question. Are the Winnipeg Jets okay? No. They haven't been okay for a while now. Um. Per Manny. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it's, no, it's not great. Yeah. And the Central's getting harder, so. I, like, I just keep thinking, like, the Jets keep losing people. Like, so far, they don't have, they have, they lost Truba, Tanev, uh, Myers. Sherrod. And I guess Sherrod. Um, like, do they have enough people? Like, let's look at their. Yeah. <laughs> do they? they? They do. Yeah, yeah, they do. Luckily. It looks like they're not um, willing to keep players that are kind of, like, past their prime. Well, they can't currently. Um, but, yeah, but that that means that they're just going to have to, like, focus on, like, the younger guys, which Paul Maurice has not been wont to do in the last, like, the last couple of months. So we'll see what happens. Um, I am excited for Ben Sherrod and Tyler Myers not being on the defense, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, we've heard little, like a little bit of, like a couple rumblings, right? That there's problems in the locker room. Mm-hmm. So, apparently that's like widely known, like in like Canada media. But someone, I think it was, uh, I always forget his name. Um, Elliot Friedman. Elliot Friedman said that, you know, Line, like, was it, did he say that Line was the one that said it, or just, like, people have come out and said it? I think it's, like, I think what's been r- rumored, basically, is that, like, yeah. Line is not a fan of some of the older guys, like, leader, leadership styles, and, like, some of the things that they're, like, asking them is, like, ridiculous. So, yeah, 
Um, and like obviously like the leadership in Winnipeg is um, Blake, Scheif, and Dustin. Um, so yeah, which kind of sucks because I really liked all three of them. But yeah, and you were quick to blame. You were quick to I blame was, like, them. Quick to blame, but like I can like I can see that like Buff is just so intense on the ice. Like I can see that carrying into the locker room and then Blake also Blake also I feel like he demands a lot of him like of himself and of like the rest of the team and they were bad towards the end of the year so like when you're bad like you're you you get out your frustration on other people and I can see I can I can see how like it could fester into taking out his frustration on like a line or an Ehlers who's not who wasn't who weren't like producing as much but also like Buff was injured so I don't really think that it's Buff like he was bare he was in and out of the locker room so I don't think it would be him but like <laughs> Blake and Shive like y'all weren't good five on five like it just it was like a fact and it's not it's not like line a or Ehlers all that Paul Maurice didn't want to play you guys not together to like switch up the lines and get something going that's not their fault so you can't ask him to like be better and produce better when he's playing with Brian Little and like mate well Matthew Perot's good and like Brian Little and like some random person because the bottom four was set. It was just the top six that needed going. So, I don't know. Do... Is the coach considered in the room? What do you mean? Um, oh, I, I think guess. I would say that. Like, I could say that. I could see that. Yeah, but then I'm also like, Blake is such a good... Like captain emotionally that I don't know how much like credit I give like this rumor like yeah I'm sure that he's tough on people but I don't think that it would be to the point where it would be like toxic because they all talk about him and they all like talk about him with such like reverence and admiration that I don't think it would be like really terrible um I'm not, like, here's the thing. What I'm about to say, like, do I believe that I'm a part of the Winnipeg Jets locker room? No. <laughs> but I have gone to see the Winnipeg Jets li- play live. And from what I can see on warm-ups, like, Blake is a very good captain. He is. He is. Like, he's, like, while, during warm-ups, like, he's, he's skating around, no bucket. Okay, that that right there seems sweet to me. Like, I'm like, okay, he's old school. Like, he knows what's going down. He knows what people want to see. <laughs> like, he's here to give us a show. His face. Okay? Yeah. Like, his face, a nice thick beard. You know, he's showing the kids, um, this is how to be a pro. This is how to be the best you can be. And if you can't grow a nice beard, then, you know, it's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like he was very like Line a seemed very stressed, very like 
you know, intense. And he, like, was, like, joking around, getting him to smile, getting him to, you know, open up and seem to, like, calm him. Um, so, like I said, yeah, I'm not a part of the Winnipeg locker room. Um, but it looked like he, I'm not, like, he just seemed like he was trying to, like, lighten everybody up, make everyone have, like, a good time. Um, like, during warm-ups, so. That's why I just think, like, it's so hard for me to believe that. But, I mean, I can also see where, like, and, and I can understand where, like, say it is Buff and Blake being intense. Like, they're older. Like, they want to win. Like, Blake has never won a cup. Every team that he's been on, he they've not performed well. The Bruins and when they did him. They, when and then they, they won, won the cup. cup. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's never gotten a taste of the playoffs. And then last year, um, when they, they could have won. They could have beaten Vegas. Like, and I truly believe when he said, like, we play this series uh, nine times out of ten, we win. This was just one of the times that we lose. We lost. Yeah. And, and and it was goaltending. Everyone knows that Flory played out of his mind. And so, you know... Yeah, I, no, no, I, I don't, like, I don't want you, I don't want people to think I'm, like, downplaying Hullabuck just because I said Flurry played well. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, you know, that team, like, I really thought the Jets would, like, I thought they would win the Cup. I, I just thought they were really, really good. And, you know, then this past season, like, you could see, like, the wheels falling off, but you just thought they would just, they, they, they'd find a way. It's kind of like Pittsburgh, like, they'll make a way to get in, and they'll, they'll you know, it'll, it'll, play itself back on track and it just didn't and you know now they're losing so many different players and I'm just getting a little bit nervous because you know you're right they have to pay these kids and they don't have a lot of money to do it and there's some bad contracts on the books and it doesn't seem like Chevy is looking at them like you know what I'm saying like I just we'll talk about GMs later but I just don't see him playing 3D chess the way he needs to with a with a roster this skilled and a salary cap this tight. And I understand you want there's some players you want to pay to to um to thank them for being, for being there. yeah, road warriors like being with you when you were trash. I get that. But then you also you can't shortchange the kids that are coming up because like those years of you being super bad like this these are the, these kids are your not reward for that, but like your like what came out of that and you can't discredit them because then you'll be right back in that situation so Winnipeg definitely is something to watch because you know they have a lot of questions and I don't know I look at this defense and I'm like without it's so weird because I was just about to like not discredit um Truba but like I see this defense without Truba and it makes me nervous yes but you know I also think that like who is Patrick Line on the line on a line with a majority of the season? Brian Blitz. Little. Blitz. So like I feel like if it's anyone that's asking him to do something that's unrealistic and like not something that he could do, it would be Brian Little. Like you know what I Does mean? Does he wear a letter? He doesn't wear a letter, but like he's okay. been with yeah, the team no, for I get so long, so like he yeah, and he's like a part of leadership. Yeah, absolutely. So like you I don't have do to. That. 
like, and I mean, not to quote like a great, but like Dylan Larkin said, um, <laughs> you don't have to have a letter to be a part of the leadership group, you know? Right. <laughs> like, we're Penguins fans second and Dylan Larkin fans first. Wait, let's just like, <laughs> let's let's jot that down. It's, it's just, I don't, I don't see how either Line A or Ehlers can do anything <laughs> with Brian Little as their center. I just don't see it. I don't see it. And then, like, you're not going to put Lowry as the second line center because he is, he's best in the bottom, in a bottom six role. And... <laughs> Like, you're paying Brian Little like he's a second-line center, so you're going to play him at second line. But, like, I hate it. I'm sure he's very nice, but... <laughs> the way you speak about him, you would think he's the devil. Uh, he might be. Like, I'm, I'm like, taking out all my anger on him because I want Line A to, like, reach his potential, and I don't think he can with Little as his center. And I don't think he can develop as, like, what people think he should be, which is, like, a playmaking winger or whatever, with little as his center either. Yeah. So, like, he's stunting his development, and he can't even get him the puck to score goals. So, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So, let me ask two questions. First, did you feel like Ine and Ehlers their production, their play, everything bumped up when they started playing with um, Kevin Hayes. Um, I don't think it did, to be honest. Like, Kevin Hayes was, Kevin Hayes was good in Winnipeg, and I would have liked to see, see him get, like, a full 82 games because he is a really good, like, playmaking center, and he could have been able to get Ehlers and Lenny the puck. But I don't think their numbers, like, bumped up too, too drastically. Okay. And then it's a small sample size. So that question was always uh-huh. going to be, like, you know. I just know when we were looking at Kevin Hayes's statistics, like, his stats and, like, quality of competition, quality of line mate and stuff, um, you know, his best line mates were, like, was when he played in Winnipeg. That's, those were his best line mates that he's ever had in his career. Just, like, mm-hmm. on a standpoint of, like, skill-wise, not, like, production. Um, my second question is for Kelsey. Oh, so, no. Ke- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, I'm your friend. Like, I- <laughs> Please remember that. So, I wouldn't necessarily call you a-, a Jets fan, Kelsey. So, I want to say, like, what do you think about the Jets from the outside looking in? Like, for me, I feel like Christy is definitely on the inside. And I'm kind of, like, on the outer side like I know what's going on but I don't know all the details and for you just like as a just a hockey fan you I don't think you dislike that so I just want what do you what do you think when you see like what the moves they're making um it makes me kind of nervous just because like you I saw the Jets as you know one of if not the top contender you know um two years ago and then this past season I thought they would do really well um and they didn't quite live up to the expectations I at least had for them. And as you said, I'm not, I I don't follow them every single game. I try to keep up with them because I do enjoy them and I always like watching them. But um, I just didn't. Um, and it's making me nervous. I feel like they're losing a lot of valuable assets. Yeah. Um, and I'm just not sure 
the direction and maybe what the team will look like in October. So I will say this. The I think like the only well, I guess out of the four-ish people that they lost this offseason, the I think that the only one that's really that I really wanted them to keep was Truba. Um, I'm glad they got rid of Sherratt. Like, he was mm-hmm. terrible outside of Bufflin. I'm glad they got rid of Tyler Myers. Like, he was also terrible. And Tanev, I, I wouldn't I would never, they would never sign him to that long for that oh, much. Okay. So, I, <laughs> I can see I'm a Jets fan right now. I'm not a Penguins fan right now. So, I can see them like walking. I'm going to cut them... that. Like, I've got to take this hit and use that for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, like, I can see them like, um, I could see them being like, okay, like walking away from that, which I think is smart. Like, I think walking away from players that, um, how do you know, like price themselves out of yeah. Winnipeg for like their skill set, I think that's smart. And I don't like, I think him being able to do that is great. But also, like, you should have done it two years ago when you re signed Brian Little. Okay. Um, Here we go. <laughs> It's so bad. But, yeah. Um, I just don't know. I think they should have got more for Truba, to be honest. But they probably should have traded him a couple of years ago if he was like, I'm not going to stay. Yeah. yeah. Like because, And the thing about it is is that it's not – it's him, like, I'm not going to stay because my girlfriend or my wife, my fiancé um, – wants to work in the U.S. or, you know what I'm saying, or right. wants to live and, like, near our families and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. but, I mean, maybe he did say this to Chevy, and Chevy was like, all right, well, like, I'm going to hold out because I want to make the playoffs, and I want to, you know, I want to go all in, and sometimes going all mm-hmm. in is, like, keeping a player that you probably should have traded to get more value. Um, but, like, so the value of that player was less than them actually making the does that make sense? Am I explaining that right? No, yeah, that makes sense. So I don't know. I mean, we'll never really know because, like, I doubt Chevy will come on this podcast. Um, like, does Chevy speak to anyone besides the Rangers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he didn't speak to the Penguins before they signed that contract for sure. Jeez. So. Well, he I used to be that. like he used to work in the the Blackhawks like front office. Like, you guys See? couldn't get. Yeah. He came up with um, Stan Bowman. Or either the Rangers or the Red Wings. Not the Rangers. The Blackhawks or the Red Wings. One of the Red Wings. so interesting. Um, I'll I'll bring this question up later. Let's move on. So, Kelsey, I don't think you read this article, but it's fine because I just got the best parts of it. So, there was an article on um, Puck Pros. They released... Um, about Metro goaltending. So they split the goaltending um, up into four tiers for the eight teams. And so the bottom tier, at the very bottom, was um, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Then on, like, ranked above them were the Canes. Um, and then the undecided tier were the Flyers and then Devils. And the good tier the Isles and the Penguins, so the Penguins were third, um, and then the top two, um, the Rangers and the Caps. So, 
what do you ladies, do you agree? Do you disagree? How would you rank them? Would you change make any changes? I mean, I'm assuming, I'm guessing that this is a combination of not just starter, or is this just like starter based? So that's a good question. Based on what the article said, it was starter and backup. So it was counting for the two, well, I guess what was listed as their starter and backup on Cat Friendly or Philly Face Off, where they have like, yeah. So I'm assuming that's what they saw. Okay. Who who's the Caps backup these days? Phoenix Copley. Okay. I looked this up because I didn't know either. <laughs> Not like I mean, this is a relative relevant to goaltending and stuff. But he's like a Trump supporter. That's what I thought. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, how many? How many of these teams have like backups that are just like problematic? <laughs> I like, would the say it's a lot. Is just the Islanders completely 100% both of them terrible. Wait, is Grice bad too? Grice is like a Nazi. Oh my god. I did he, not like, know that. Really? He like posted like all this stuff on Instagram like a year or two ago, ago basically like supporting Trump and like talking about like not like white power, but basically very Nazi-ish. Oh, um, wow. But it was all in German, but it was like very, very gross and scary. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's three. Um, <laughs> I don't know Jeez. any of the other backups. Um, uh, who's the devil? Did you back- say- oh. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So Mackenzie Blackwood and Corey Schneider. Whom? Corey Schneider? Corey Schneider? He's American? <laughs> Mackenzie Blackwood <laughs> is a... Um, I think he's American, too. Like, he's, like, actually... He's a good, uh, like, prospect goalie. Kind of like Carter Hart. Um, in my opinion, he's not as good as Carter Hart. But he is, like, pretty... I don't remember when he was drafted. Wasn't he with Arizona? I feel like he was with Mackenzie Blackwood? He's the little. He's 22. Oh, he, he wasn't with Arizona at all. I made that. I was going to okay. say, I don't think. So I would, so I would change a few things around. Um, I would put the Flyers over the, actually, no, I wouldn't change. No, no, I would. I would, I would flip the Flyers and the Devils. So I would say the Flyers would be fifth just because I rate Carter Hart very high. Um, the only downside about the Flyers goaltending is that Brian Elliott is the is the backup goaltender, and I don't trust him to play 20 games a season, let alone 30 games. So we will see. So yeah, I flip them with the Devils just because I think that while Corey Schneider may play more games than Brian Elliott, I don't think they'll be good games. Um, I'm just sad because I actually really like Corey Schneider. Um, yeah, I don't rate. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood higher than Carter Hart. Um, and then, so the Canes got Peter Morazic and James Reimer. James Reimer, yes. So the, I actually would rate them, probably will put them six, and then move the Devils down to seven. Um, because what, the thing about them is that, like, I think that um, James Reimer is a good backup tandem goalie. Um, and I think Peter Morazic, he 
played well last season for them. And I think with a different team that's better defensively in front of him, um, I, I kind of would value them a, a little bit higher than um, this article does. So for me, I do like obviously one Caps, two Rangers, three Penguins. Penguins are kind of high, but I think my bias is keeping them there because I don't believe in uh, the Smith and I don't think that Murray should play more than 50 games on this season. Um, yeah, I'll still keep them third. Um, and then the Isles four, the Flyers five, the Kane six, the Devil seven, and then Columbus coming in number eight. I think I would do the same. Um, I don't know if I think as a tandem I might switch the Islanders and the Penguins. Um, just like just historically, Grice, not Grice, what's his name? Varlamov. Like, he was pretty okay for the, what do you call it? The Avs. And I I just, I don't trust the Smith. And so I don't think, and I don't think the Penguins got better defensively. So I think that, like, (laughs) Matt Murray, he's going to have a hard time again, even though I hope not. Um, So I would switch the Penguins and the Islanders, and then I think I would keep the bottom four the same and the Caps and the Rangers the same. I kind of want want to put the penguins in undecided oh or undetermined. God. I know, I know, but I don't know who I'd push up to good. So can there be three in that category, and then the other ones <laughs> just be <behind? laughs> maybe? I mean, Carter Hart's really good, but I don't know about them as a tandem. Yeah, that's fair. So, do you guys remember that game against the Flyers and? Um, was it went to overtime and the Flyers won. It was like 2-1 with the Penguins. And like, listen, I know the rivalry, I get it, I get it. But like, Carter really, like, he tried so hard to win. It's just like, it was endearing. <laughs> like, I just, I mean, I don't know. I just felt like it was so sweet because like, he really tried really hard. And like, Flyers fans don't, like, they ask for a lot, don't get me wrong. But they don't expect and like, I don't think they expected to beat the Penguins. And the fact that Carter just like stood on his head to beat them, um, I don't know. It just like it didn't make me happy, but it made me feel happy. Yeah, <laughs> I felt bad for the Penguins, but like, fly. I mean, the Flyers always like lose to the Penguins a lot. Like, did, so. did Carter yeah, play in the outdoor game? No, no, he was yeah. hurt. So Brian Elliott. Played. Okay. And the Penguins still lost. <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. That game was, was even like, it was like, it was crazy. It was a meltdown. It was like such a, it was such a game that Philadelphia needed. Oh, like, was Everything it? that happened. It's like, they, like, not even like the team, just like the city. <laughs> like, everything was like really bad for a while. Then them coming back and Drew scoring the game winner while Crosby was on the ice. Like That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised you even say this, Christy. I didn't expect you to be a Penguins fan. 
I don't know why you don't think I'm a Penguins fan. I don't. I think maybe I'd say you're a Flyers hater, which is your prerogative. Absolutely. <laughs> that is true, but also the opposite can also be true in that I'm a Penguins fan. I, I don't know if I would say that I'm like a Flyers hater and that like I don't really pay attention to the Flyers. So I kind of forget about them sometimes until you bring them up. And I'm just like, oh. Well, she always brings them up. <laughs> so I'm like a Flyers I ignorer. I don't mean for it. It just happens. No, it's okay. I just. <laughs> it's just like, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, I know that's problematic for me to keep bringing them up. No. I it's fun. That's I just... just like hard because I'm like always around them. Yeah. Maybe you should move. To New York with the rats? <laughs> to no Pittsburgh. thanks. <laughs> I was going to say to Pittsburgh. Okay, come to New York. Maybe you should go to them. Pittsburgh before you say live in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just not, like, it's like a fun, I think it's like fun to visit there, but then after, like, you're there for five days, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? You oh. go to Tequila Cowboy every night. <laughs> Realistic. Okay, so moving on, you know, do you ever think of like, oh, your GM just made a horrible choice? Like he just made a really bad trade, signed someone to a really bad contract, or like, wow, he did like something really, really good. Um, he just like fleeced another team, and then you're like, what's his, what's his zodiac sign? We need to compare this. Well. We took the time to look at <laughs> all 31 GMs and look and see what their signs are. So I made a list. Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, Taurus, Geminis, Cancers, Leos, Virgos, Libras, Scorpios, Sagittariuses, and Capricorns. And GMs are on that list. So I had this first. So Doug Murray is a Sagittarius. Huh. You know what? That I mean, like, listen, I don't think I don't have a lot of Sagittarius um, friends, but the ones that I do have, um, they kind of get on. They like I like them, but then they also get on my nerves. So, Doug Murray, that kind of seems that makes sense. Cause, like I like them. Some of the moves he makes, like obviously, I like that he. Um, got Troy Terry and I like that he got Daniel Strong. John Gibson. I'm like not a big John Gibson fan like everybody else. Really? Yeah. He hasn't made any, I don't think Anaheim has made any stupid moves. Yeah. Um, I mean, they bought out Corey Perry, which is good. That's a smart move. Um, I feel like they're, they're a very stable sign. I might I might just be attributing that to the fact that I never hear anybody like be like, oh my god, Sagittarius are wild and chaotic. They are a fire sign. Yeah. Um oh. it says that like they're brave and full of confidence. They definitely have they the confidence. Off. I don't know if it's yeah. warranted, but they definitely have it. <laughs> you One know, of our I feel like other Sagittariuses I have a lot to say about. No, I was gonna say <laughs> should we bring him up since he's just like right there? Why not? So Kyle Dubas is also a Sagittarius, <laughs> and that he's one of the he's one of the reasons why I'm like I like the Sagittarius, but then I also get on my nerves. 
he has been very chaotic recently. Yeah. And I am living for it. But like, yeah, like there's it's smart chaos. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like some other signs, it's yeah. chaotic, but it's like also it was it wasn't the best. Yeah. So let's just round out this group of Sagittarius. So the last um, DM that's a Sagittarius is Rob Blake from the LA Kings. And you know what? Looking at them all as a whole, Anaheim, Kings, Toronto, I mean, I don't think that neither of these teams did any bad moves this offseason. Right. You know, I think they kind of, like, if they could make a good move, they did it. If they didn't, they just held steady and, you know, The Kings hired Todd McClellan. McLean. Yeah. Is that a good or a bad move? Um, so he's like their new coach, right? Mhm. I mean, I don't know. Like, the thing about Todd McClellan is that one, a part of me wants to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was in Anna, he was in Edmonton, and I mean, they didn't he did really, coach Team North America. I felt bad for him in Edmonton because he really didn't have that many key pieces, but he still had. Uh, he still had, you know, quality players. And then again, like on the negative side, like he coached teams in North America and had all quality pieces and still ruined it. Like he's the reason why Team North America didn't succeed. So I put the blame on him, not the players. And that's also something to think about. It makes a lot, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, make some moves I'm okay with, and other times they just get on my nerves, so. Yeah. Sagittarius. I didn't, like, I don't know how Aquarius were the first sign, maybe because, like, it starts with an A. It could be because they start with an A, the best sign, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but when you look at the list of Aquarius's and, uh, GMs in the NHL, like, you see some problematic. Um, and so, David Poyle from Nashville Aquarius, um, Jim Rutherford from Pittsburgh, um, uh, Julian Wiesbois, I don't know how to say it. Yeah. And then Kevin Cheveldayoff. So, Nashville, Pittsburgh, Tampa, and Winnipeg. <laughs> Those are all my teams. <laughs> you like Nashville? Except for Nashville. Uh, <laughs> you like, I don't, and like, it's so, wait, those are all your teams, and then you do a podcast with two Aquarius. So I think that's God. something that you need to, like, figure out what's wrong with yourself. <laughs> what does that say about me? I feel like Julian and Breezeball, he hasn't done anything yeah. yet for me to be like, what are you doing? He did trade JT Miller, which was smart. Um, I don't know if I would say that was chaotic. Yeah, I don't think the Aquarius are chaotic, though. Aren't they? What is, read I would what say, say, I think it's... I think the Aquarius's are, um, in my experience, um, <laughs> stubborn. Um, ooh, I'm going to do Aquarius man traits. Yeah, you should do women. Then it just <laughs> seems like you're targeting someone. <laughs> what does it say? I don't know if this is right. It says... Well, this is Cosmo, so who knows? It says um, Aquarius means meaning that he's intellectual, thoughtful, charismatic, and an expert communicator. No. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't believe. I'm gonna do another one. Yeah. Getting a second opinion. Oh, it also is a unpredictable. I believe. Um. Sorry, my like, my connection went weird. So what was the last thing you said? That they're unpredictable. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. Um, okay, well, so like, some of the things Jim Rutherford does are very predictable. <laughs> that's fair. But like, that's because we know him. It's yeah. like he's the kind of guy who many people are curious about, but few people ever truly understand. Oh, that's and for sure. That's Chevy for sure. Um. much of this is due to the fact that these men are often perceived as being either ahead of their time or having ideas that are so radical and new that most people aren't ready us when he signed um when rutherford signed jack johnson and we're just like no no and he was like this is gonna work (laughs) (laughs) yeah God, Aquarius Smithers, so yeah. This is like they're just like so like they're just so stubborn. Like, like Jim Rutherford, like okay, you said this is gonna work. A year later, it didn't work. I said what I said. Like, like that seems it's just gonna that work. Person. It's not it working doesn't. because you don't believe it's gonna work. Exactly because you guys keep trashing him. Like you haven't even given this player a chance. Like okay, that means nothing on ice. On ice, we're talking about on ice. Uh, can I just say, like, yes, I'm I'm an Aquarius, but I do not like Aquarius men. So I just want to put that out there, like, oh. Okay. Anything else about Aquarius men? Um. Um. They are is that they are limited and constrained because of the desire for freedom and equality for all. That's not true. They will always strive <laughs> to ensure freedom of speech and movement. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I believe That's any of true. that. Yeah, no, 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 sorry. Um, but yeah. Okay. So moving on. There's no Pisces. I don't have any Pisces. In <laughs> Honestly, that might be for the best. Well, I will say Seattle's new GM is going to be like when they become like an actual team. I think it's Ron Francis. He's uh-huh. a Pisces. Uh-huh. So, but I didn't put him on here because like he's not like. All right, so next Aries. So, the two Aries that we have are Jason Botterill and Jim Neal. Oh, I'm sorry, Jason Botterill from Buffalo, and then Jim Neal from Dallas. Um, in my experience, Aries men are chaotic. So. Can you read out the summary? I mean, look at what Jim Neal did in Dallas. He didn't sign Zuccarello. He signed um, Joe Pavelski. And then didn't they also sign Corey Perry? (laughs) 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 And then um, Jason Botterill traded Alex Nylander. And they got a good player back also. They also got Colin Miller, no? Yeah, they did. That was actually really okay. good. So, okay, like, Buffalo did good, but, like, at the same time, they hurt me. Okay, All right. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Aries men. 
Being the first sign of the zodiac, an Aries man is always number one, so get used to his needing a lot of attention. This kind of self self-absorption isn't coming from a truly narcissistic place, but from an honest self-assurance of his own capability and all-around awesomeness. It's true that Aries men are good at what they do, and they're not shy, shy about standing in the spotlight. Don't be surprised, however, when their private persona reveals more vulnerability than you might have expected. Um... Underneath that bombastic bravado, a childlike naivete can cause them to end up with hurt feelings that are often masked by humor. Thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know any Aries men in real life, but if that's true, like, Jesus. I don't know. I mean, I... Maybe they kind of sound like nightmares. Yeah, they are. <laughs> My brother's an Aries, and he's a mess. <laughs> I mean, they're very self-assured. I'm trying to think of like if I felt that way with any of GMs. Maybe Bottle. I mean, he was definitely assured when he fired the um. What's his name when he fired the, the Sabres coach at the end of the season? Housley? Yeah, Housley. He was definitely assured. He he was like, yeah, I did it. Like, <laughs> and I was like, okay. But like, I agreed with him, so I was like, yes, yes, yes. So I don't know. Like when that when they do what I want, I'm like, yeah, that's a smart move. They're smart. When they don't, then I'm like, you're a monster. Um, I I think I can see that for both of them in that like the past two seasons and I think this always happens with Dallas like they always make moves that people kind of agree with yeah and like um people are just like yeah no that's a good move it's like a bold move but it was a good move yeah um so yeah so I think I agree with them being very like like um confident in themselves but not like really cocky about it like they're very I don't know one with themselves yeah, I didn't want to use that word. Oh my bad. But yeah, self assured. But yeah, self assured. Um, yeah. Okay. Elsie, did you want to say anything? Uh, no. <laughs> um. All right. Next, Taurus. Um. Jim Benning in Vancouver. Steve Eiserman in Detroit. And Chuck Fletcher in Philadelphia. Um. Okay. I well, all I could say is that Chris Letang is a Taurus, so <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't know. What, read their like, like Taurus men. Okay. Um, <laughs> it says, despite often being seen as big, burly, tough guys, don't forget that the Taurus man is ruled by Venus, the planet of love. The Taurus man is definitely a lover, not a fighter, though he may quietly nurture a, long, a long-held grudge if you push him where it hurts. Generally, these guys are very easy to get along with as long as you don't encounter the famed Taurus stubbornness. He absolutely will not budge or give an inch once he's entrenched on a subject, so don't 
don't waste your energy trying to push him to see your point of view. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty um, crystal tank. It was <laughs> perfect yeah. crystal tank. It, it also says that they're not into like abrupt changes and not into taking risks. Um, which I don't know. They would rather hang back and wait and see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think I could see that. So yeah. Okay, I definitely now this makes I think the Taurus is probably the most similar to what I think of these GMs, only because like I follow, I've been following Vancouver. Um, just from what I know about Iserman and then Philly, Chuck Fletcher could have blown up the Flyers when he first got here, but instead he hung back. He didn't trade any of the kids. Like we thought that, like we thought that he was going to make so many crazy moves because that's what the Flyers front office wanted him to do. Like they wanted, they wanted um, Hacksaw to make moves to win now. And like when um, Fletcher got there, everyone was like, okay, he's going to just like dismantle this whole team. He really did it. Um, but I can definitely see, like, for Benning and Iserman, I can definitely see that, like, once they made up their mind, like, that's it. Don't try to persuade them differently. Um, I could see that for them. Because especially with Vancouver, when we were all like, please don't get Tyler Myers. He's not that good. And he was like, yo, we're getting Tyler Myers. <laughs> we got him. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Small point. Uh, um, guess what sign... Ron Hextall, he was also a Taurus. So And that makes so much sense yeah, because Ron sense. was so like he <laughs> Do I love he was Taurus? Like, we are rebuilding <laughs> forever. No, he wanted to do it the right way. Like I still to this day believe in Ron Hextall. Um and I believe in his system and all that because he gave me all of my young children and I respect him for that. But that makes absolute sense. Um, you know, like you have your, your like compliment sign. Yeah. So mine is Taurus, but I'm chaotic. So literally, I'm always gravitated towards like Aries or like Leos, and it's like it's terrible. And I and I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> you should gravitate towards Taurus. Yeah. But it, it never works out that way. Seems like it's a you problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's next? Okay, so Gemini is next. And Jeff Gordon of the Rangers, John Chica from the Yotes, um, <laughs> Perry Dory. Pierre? Pierre, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm an idiot. And then, yeah, Pierre <laughs> Dorian of the Senators. They're all Geminis. Okay, ready? Yes. So, uh, the Gemini man can be a delightfully confusing conundrum. People born, <laughs> people born under the sign of the twins represent the union of dualities within the human soul. Dark and light. Does this mean you have to watch out for your, Gem- your Gemini guy's evil twin? Not necessarily. <laughs> um, <laughs> Christy loves this. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so it says understanding Gemini energy has more to do with appreciating our need to see and truly embrace both aspects in ourselves. 
which we also carry regardless of our own okay this guy sounds like a gemini and they're trying to convince me that gemini's are good Um, okay it's not giving me any characteristics okay it says um quick-witted gemini seem to wear invisible winged shoes like mercury the god of their ruling planet um they can be extremely charming and entertaining born with a true gift of gab they are always ready with a fascinating story to tell you generally jovial good-natured and intellectually energetic a gemini man will always keep you on your toes with constantly shifting attitudes and opinions extremely cerebral full of ideas and always exciting excited about making new discoveries a gemini loves to learn and share his knowledge but he tends to know a little bit about these subjects without ever truly committing to one field of study in a deeply engaged way it's a sponge-like tendency to absorb bits of information that makes him lethal in a game of trivia (laughs) (laughs) so really they act they read like a little bit of something and then act like they know everything about it yeah um this guy had to have been like a gemini he was a gemini for sure like no no they're good people actually um i think that's true because look with the rangers like remember they were like oh yeah we're rebuilding like this we're gonna suck for so long and like you guys just need to bear with us and then all of a sudden they're like hey guys got our tummy got truba like we got this (laughs) like yeah like we're gonna go all in and we're just like and so half your team is rebuilding and half your team is ready to go like i don't Oh my god, the Rangers are the Geminis of the Metro. Like you never know what you're gonna get. I can't wait to see their record. Like one night they're gonna get like destroyed and the next they're gonna be so dominant and it's just gonna be that chaotic Gemini energy from the GM. <laughs> also, I wanna say that makes sense with the Yotes too, because like sometimes we're like with John Chikra, everyone's like, Oh my god, he's a stats like mathematician and like we're like okay this makes sense so we're thinking they're going to make good statistic statistical moves and they really just end up helping out chicago and we're like wait what's going on this doesn't this move doesn't make any sense and they're just like yeah no 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 we're gonna be good and we're like you're still taking like bad contracts and like keeping them on your books and they're just like yeah yeah no 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 no, we're gonna do it and i'm just like what it's just to reach the floor yeah and i'm just like huh so yeah, Chikra, I can definitely see. And he seems like the type that's like, oh yeah, I love stats, but like only read like five minutes of the beginning introductory stats class. And he's like, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> We're like, Kyle Dupas would never make these. Yeah, he was like, Kyle Dupas would never make these moves. And then Chikra's just like, no, no, it will. We, it will. Stan Bowman, like I really don't know much about him. To be honest, when I was looking him up, I was like, I thought he was his dad. Stan Bowman? Yeah. He's not a Gemini. No, 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 no. Oops. Sorry. Again, I said Sam Bowman. I meant Peter Dorian. He's right under Dorian, so my bad. Um, yeah. Actually, with the Senators, I really don't know. I don't think they're, I don't think they're ruled by their GM, though. We sh- I should have did their, their, um, their owner. Oh, What's his Eugene name? <laughs> yeah, Eugene Melnick. <laughs> Christy's eyes. <laughs> they lit up. I'm, like, so excited. I'm, like, scared. 
Please Virgo, please Virgo. May 27th. He's a Gemini. Oh my God. (laughs) Wait, May 27th. Is that a Gemini? Or is that a Cancer? Hold on. Yeah, he's a Gemini. Oh, okay. That's like, you can't have two a team run by two Gemini. Because right? then, what if they're both on the different like sides of the coin? Like, like you know, their chaotic yeah. side or their good side. Like some of the traits are like, okay, we like this, and then the chaotic side comes out. Like, never mind, I never said that. It's like, what? <laughs> that makes so much sense. Why that team is just in chaos? Yeah, all the time. Oh my god, that's scary. Okay. Moving on to the Cancer. So, Doug Wilson from San Jose, Joe Sackick from the Avs, and then Sam Bowmanello from Chicago. What's a Cancer okay. man? Okay, so, can, can, what did I feel? Cancer men may be uncommonly in touch with their emotions, able to take on roles that many of their male counterparts would be utterly lost in, like romance and parenting. You will find that chivalry is not dead with this sentimental and poetic knight in shining armor, if you can get him to take the armor off. <laughs> Deeply sensitive and easily wounded, your cancer may not give you <laughs> may not give you another chance to do him wrong once you've hurt him. Cancer men have long memories and never forget once they've experienced a slight. Tread lightly and be kind to this crab, and you will be rewarded <laughs> with undying loyalty. Um, it also says a male cancer's intuition is highly developed, so that can sometimes be limited to people residing with within his own den. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so basically, cancers are, are super emotional. I... Um, hmm. I can see that for Joe Sackett. I can see that actually for Chicago because they, like, those guys that won them cups, like, they gave them crazy contracts. Like, you'll mind forever. Uh, yeah, like, Brent Seabrook, he literally is. And they're, like, collecting everyone back now. Yeah, oh my god, yes! Okay, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they literally got everyone they had. They're gonna get buff soon. No. Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> because I like Buff when he was in Chicago. Wow, so, so you don't like him now that he's in Winnipeg? No, no, I still like him, but he's always getting hurt. I'm like, what is Winnipeg doing? Something in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> he's older. Okay, but I say that I can see it with Joe Sackett because, like, once um, Duchesne demanded, oh like, wanted God. a trade, he was like, you're dead to me, and I'm going to trade you to the worst team in the league. And he traded him to, him to Ottawa. <laughs> so... <laughs> I just like, sort of get, get it for what? the Sharks because, like, there's just something very sentimental about the team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. the team is so old, but they're still like, yeah, we're going to keep one more year. We're just like, yeah. no, no more years. We're going to try Come next on. year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, out of all of them, I say that San Jose is the more stable out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they never won, I'm still like, I feel comfortable with San Jose. Like, I feel like. They won't let me down. Yeah. The abs are just too much. Like, I, I, that would be a no for me. 
Um, okay, just... moving on. Uh, remember when you were like, there's that one side that I'm most compatible with? Well, this is mine. So, is it actually? Leo, yeah, Leo's in Sagittarius. I actually mm. don't have that many because <laughs> they're like Aquarius. Y'all are crazy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Don Sweeney in Boston, at your living in Calgary, on Wadle in Carolina, Yarmo Kekalainen in Columbus, Mark Berge- Mark Bergevin in Montreal, Ray Shero in, <laughs> in New Jersey, and George McPhee in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many teams. Are you ready for this? That's what I was chaos. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> what is Gary Bennett? We need to figure out what Gary Bennett is soon. Okay, okay, after I read this. <laughs> okay, so when a Leo struts in the room with oh, his God. cat-like lazy <laughs> swagger, he might be... <laughs> okay, but Gino? Gino Stop it! Like, like, please, please, like... Gino, let me finish! <laughs> Okay, okay, so when a Leo struts in the room with his cat-like lazy swagger, he might seem the picture of nonchalance, but you can bet that he is secretly gauging the effect he's having and taking note of who's noticing him. When a Leo man is really feeling himself at a party or gathering, he may bounce all over the room like Tigger bopping from conversation to conversation, riling things up. Don't be too shocked if he ends up doing cartwheels or breakdancing in the middle of the dance floor. (laughs) Though though usually well-meaning, Leo has a marked tendency to be something of an insufferable show-off. He loves to be the life of the party, and and if that's not happening... Organically, he will always find a way to shift the limelight in his direction with some kind of bombastic interjection or disruption. Energetic, joyful, and a bit childlike, Leos are loads of fun because they generally love being alive and will find a way to share their enthusiasm and French with whoever they spend time with. Their sun-ruled, vibrant personalities and charismatic personas are magnetic and extremely attractive. That is, um, so that's a mouthful. Like, please. Okay, but wanting to be the center of attention, that's literally all of these GMs. Yeah. <laughs> Except for, like, Don Sweeney. Yeah, yeah. I would say that. Well, even Brad True Living, I don't really. But, like, okay, Mark Bergevin throwing in that weak offer sheet just to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Him showing off his muscles every chance he gets. <laughs> Oh Ray, my god! Ray, Ray Shiro dropping a bomb trade every, like once like, a season. I'm sick of him. And then like Yarmo Kekalainen going all in and being like, listen, like you didn't need I'm to do that. For it. Yeah, like you didn't need to do that. George McPhee. I mean, I don't really I know. Don't George McPhee taking the um the Vegas gig so that he could be the center of attention. <laughs> Everyone talking about him because of Vegas, I could see it. Oh. Um, jeez. Like, this is so true. I'm just thankful that none of the teams that I, like, really like are by Leo men. Because that sounds exhausting. 
<laughs> yeah. Jesus. Just living in that chaos. Okay. So let's move on. Alright, so next is Virgo. Oh my god, Virgo season's coming up. Oh. Um, so Doug Armstrong from St. Louis is the lone Virgo. Okay, so the Virgo man is incredibly intelligent and is always busy parsing information and finding ways to organize the contents of his own crowded brain pan. He delights in making the world fit his specifications and creating space around himself that is peaceful, orderly, and utterly tidy to help quell the overthinking that is constantly taking place within his own mind. Um, okay, so people born under the sign of Virgo take well to owning responsibility for themselves and their work and love to find ways to be of service to others, though they can easily turn resentful if they continually martyr themselves in situation with no reciprocity. Um, and they're often their worst critics and they are extremely hard on themselves. Hello, well, Christy. Yeah, I didn't want to say like, anything. This was like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually very much her. <laughs> um, I don't know much about Doug Armstrong. I, I would say, like, that doesn't surprise me only because, like, I feel like Virgos are very, like, they work hard to try to accomplish certain things, and I think that he did that in St. Louis. Like, even though St. Louis, like, wasn't always good or, like, always wasn't always a contender, he always was trying to make moves to make them better. Um, he was never just like, okay, we'll just, like, you know, we'll just tank. It wasn't, like, he really did try to change his team for the better. And, like, even when they weren't doing so bad, like, they weren't doing so good, like, he was, like, put, like, about the tree, like, one of their key marquee players. So I could, like, see him trying to do that to make a move or to win. And I I always think people always consider, like, the Blues never making, like, bad moves, but, like, decent enough moves to keep them kind of in the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Oh, my gosh. Okay, so moving on to Libras. Um, Dale Talon in Florida, Lou Lamorello in New York are Islanders, and then Doug Arm. Maybe he's like, um, no, I thought I just checked this. What did I have? Oh, no, no, Doug Armstrong is a Virgo. He's not a, um, so it's just Dale Talon and Lou Lamorello, because I remember I got that wrong. <laughs> I, like, mixed that up. <laughs> I was like, wait. Okay. So, Libras, they are, (laughs) the Libra man is incredibly charming, often gorgeous to look at, entertaining, quit-witted, but ultimately extremely hard to pin down. These fellows generally never stay put for long and tend to float between relationships, careers, and friends like cotton candy clouds. They leave (laughs) us... They leave a sweet taste on your tongue, but they aren't often the most nourishing or fulfilling connections unless you encounter the rare Libra man who has really decided to sit down and work on himself. The commitment to know himself and achieve balance in his own life can create a personality not not most commonly seen in this sign. Truly mental, emotionally, physical, 
physical and spiritual equilibrium. Without this dedication to focusing on internal balance, Libra men can wobble and teeter-totter back and forth from one extreme to another like a lopsided seesaw. Um, yeah, that's really it. I don't know if I agree with that or if I see the sign, yeah. that sign in any of these guys because my dad's a Libra, but, like he craves stability. <laughs> so him like being like, oh, like the change or anything like that, I don't know. But no, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can like separate Lou Lamorello like what he does as a person, like what he does as like a GM. No, I guess they're the same. Like, good moves. I guess I can't separate the good moves that he's made as a GM versus like how he's treated players. Does that make sense? Like, I think he's yes. like a villain. Like, he's also has made good moves, so I don't even know. I, I can't, like, not see, like, him as a villain. I, I can see him, I can see him, like, um, making good moves, but never actually, like, talking to players mm-hmm. and, like, actually having, like, a connection with any of his players. Um, yeah. And then who are the other GMs? Um, Dale Talon. Dale Talon. I, I guess they're trying to find balance <laughs> with I mean, that team. I think they're just trying to find the playoffs, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if I like every single move that they made, but definitely made moves to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, moving on. Scorpio. Ben Holland in Edmonton and Brian, McKell- Brian McKellen in Washington. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like these little blurbs are too much. Okay. Generally characterized as brooding loner types who favor long black trench trench coats, these guys are often in a band, ride a motorcycle, or practice some form of dark magic. Or sometimes <laughs> or sometimes all of the above. Um uh it's okay. It's rare to meet a Scorpio man who, who doesn't at least in some way rebel from the norms of society and have some dealings with subcultural elements or spirituality. These guys are known for having seriously intense personalities with their piercing eyes that sometimes look right through you. A Scorpio will hang out on the sidelines, always watching what everyone else is doing while plotting his own plans. Um, plans of what, you might ask? <laughs> the truth is, you may never know, but they can't help themselves from doing it. Um, life for these men is like a giant chessboard, and they prefer to strategize carefully, always staying seven, he- Ooh, seven steps ahead of the game. Not much for small talk. Actually, I could see that for Brian McClellan and the Washington Capitals. I can do that for Holland too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then he was so good in Detroit for so long. That's true. And you know what? I was thinking of Holland and I was thinking about his moves in Edmonton, but he actually hasn't made that many yet. So I'd be, I could see that too. Um, 
Like, okay, but, like, McClellan playing chess with, like, EMJR, like, wow, he's seven steps ahead. Like, <laughs> like he's seven steps ahead. Like, the Caps are still playoff contenders, and the Penguins might just... When we say might, it's, like, like they, it's, more, it's more yes than they will. Um, I feel like um, Scorpios are what <laughs> Aquaman think they are. And, like, with the moves that they're making and how, like, they're always just, like, oh, no, 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 it's going to work. Because, like, I've thought about this. Like, it's going to work for sure. And, like, Scorpios have, like, actually thought about it. And, like, I've actually been, like, if I do this, this will happen. Um, Whereas Aquas are kind of just, like, hoping it will happen. Yeah, I felt that. (laughs) I felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Um, man. Okay, right, moving on. So we already talked about Sagittarius. It's Doug Murray in Anaheim, Bob, Rob Blake in uh, LA Kings, and then Kyle Dubas. Do you want to read Sagittarius real quick since we already talked about it or no? Um, I can. Or. Okay. The male Sagittarius can be expansive and exuberant, a generally cheerful guy with a can-do attitude who's always up for a wild adventure. Um, These easygoing gentlemen (laughs) tend to go after (laughs) exhilarating experiences. There is a Hemingway energy to these great outdoorsmen. (laughs) Jesus. Um, I don't know if I believe this. Yeah, I was like, the, whoever's writing this is like in love with Sagittarius. Like... <laughs> okay. Um, okay, it so says sometimes extremely impulsive, a male Sagittarius may be often running towards the ne- next thing just as you think you've roped him in. Being res- restrained in any way does not appeal to these independent, freedom loving fellows. Um,. There's something, okay, there's something lucky about a Sagittarius man making him dangerous to bet against at the gambling table. Not that he's too concerned about losing a little money. Easy come, easy go is a typical Sagittarius motto. They tend to live completely in the moment, trusting that good fortune will will follow them wherever they go. (laughs) Many Sagittarius men seem to be living a charmed life, and often take their own blessings for granted, finding themselves at a loss for what exactly to do when their luck runs out. Um, it says, Sagittarius will find, a, will find a way to turn life pitfalls into a quest or grand adventure and will later enjoy regaling you the tale of how he escaped from a sticky situation, came out on top, and, end, and ended up saving the day. Kyle Dubas? Yeah, I was like, this is very Kyle Dubas. <laughs> and the Mitch Marner situation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I was, at first I was like, this is not making any sense. And as I read it, I was just like, oh no. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, no, it's true. It, it is. It's like, I'll just trade Nazem Kaji. I'll just do whatever. I'll yeah. I'll figure out how to sign Mitch Marner. It's fine. Yeah. I'll sign these other people to all like, these crazy deals where we only have six million left in cap space. Mitch Marner. Yeah. Um, okay, so Capricorn, Paul Stetton in Minnesota. He's the only cap. Okay, so <laughs> the Capricorn man in your life may be a mysterious paradox. Due to, 
due to hard due to hard his reticent nature it may feel like he's hard to get to truly know these men tend to build high icy walls around their true inner selves that only the most intrepid climbers can eventually scale um they have traits that are often perceived as cold callous and uncaring um the capricorn male secret is his raw and sensitive heart which he feels he must keep shielded from the world it's common for these men to take a cynical or a nihilistic view of most people and not many are ever really invited into his inner circle on top of that you might not meet many of these elusive sea goats unless you work with them because they don't tend to be incredibly social personalities um they're very goal-driven and externally work-focused um, they keep their eye on the peak of the summit that they're climbing, and very little can distract them from achieving their career ambitions. Um, I don't know much about Paul Fenton, um, except for his comment on Zuccarello. So, oh. <laughs> when he called him a lizard, and he's like, it's in there and gets the fuck. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but Minnesota keeps like clinging on to this dream that they're like a playoff contender, yeah, and that might be his career's ambition. So keep clinging. They made the playoffs this year. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sucks because that was like anticlimactic at the end because I really don't know much about Paul Fenton. These, like, these GMs are, I'm not going to say problematic, but yeah, chaotic is a good, is a good word. Oh, oh, so, guess what? What's Batman? I think he is, is he an Aquarius? Is he a Sagittarius? Hmm. Um, y'all were both wrong okay. Gary Bettman is a Gemini <gasps> I, that was going to be my second <laughs> one I should have went with that because I was like he's a Gemini because he's so like he has two personalities but then I was like no he's just like very like opinionated and what he says goes so right and he, he, he very much knows a little about everything the, yeah 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 <laughs> That was that was a Gemini. I mean, that was a uh, who was that? Was that not Gemini? Oh no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was Chica. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That makes sense. While while he's always kind of like defending the senators because they're run by two Gemini. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. He like understands their energy. That? And that's why this that's why this league is so chaotic. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my gosh. Who would we want? Like which sign would we want to run the league? Like out of all of them. What um what was the San Jose Sharks GM? He's a cancer. Maybe a cancer. I think I would do a Taurus. Taurus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I was gonna be biased and say Virgo, but 
I'll say different. All right. So that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you would like to contact us, you can always hit us up on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Um, and we'd really appreciate it if you comment, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to us. If we are not on a platform that you prefer to listen to us, just let us know and we will try to get there as soon as possible. And one last thing, um, for the whole month of August, we are going to be donating um, for every listen that we get. Um, we're going to donate to the Sudan Relief Fund. Um, they are a reputable uh, relief fund. I mean, obviously, I messed that up. Anyway, they're extremely reputable and they have good reviews. So we definitely want to do something about the issues in Sudan. Um, so we'll leave a link below. If you guys would like to donate yourselves, please do. Um, but for the whole month of August, for every listen, we will donate to the Sudan Relief Fund. Yeah, so again, guys, thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. And we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.